Oh my goodness, we are so uh, grateful for so many things, aren't we? God is good to us. And it can't be true that over the next, last nine years, nobody's had any babies. That can't be true. It can't be true that over the last nine years, there's nobody that got married. Raise your hand if you got married in the last nine years. Wow, you don't raise your Wow. <laughs> Ayo. Yeah. You're, uh, there's, there's got to be a, a, a amazing things that have happened in the last nine years. Amen. I mean, just yesterday, God, God did amazing things yesterday. It was such a privilege to uh, be with you here at the church and, and to be able to celebrate our amazing, amazing good God who every moment of the day, I, I just, he's constantly doing miracles. And I want to say this to all of you as we uh, share this next few minutes together. God who has promised to be with us when we gather together is a God of miracles. Our Savior, the reason I think so many of us were attracted to him because he's a God of miracles. While we talk about him today, while we magnify Jesus today, what's going to happen is God is going to do miracles in your families. He's going to do miracles. And, and I want to say this to you. Sometimes when God does miracles, you don't necessarily feel it. You're not necessarily cognizant of it with your flesh. But if your heart says, yes, God, I believe, then God is released to do amazing things amongst you today. Can you say amen to that? That just means I believe. I believe these things. Amen. What I, um, about uh, two years ago, um, Kathy and I were uh, having dinner with our family. We live in Hawaii, as was mentioned. And uh, we were having a family dinner. And after the family dinner, my oldest son, uh, who is 38 years old, he called us up on the phone and said, I have some things I'm going to share with you. And as he began to share his heart, it was just a, a heartbreaking time, a very difficult time. And, you know, for those of you who do have children, you know this, even after they grow up and become adults, you think, oh, you know, they're gone, they're out of the house. But the reality is they're always your children. No matter how old they are, you always maintain this great love and sense of, oh, Father, you know, when they hurt, we hurt. When they rejoice, we rejoice. It's such a picture of our Father in heaven, isn't it? That he knows everything that we walk through, and his heart is deeply compassionate for all of us. And that night, Kathy and I, we, we sat there. It's difficult sometimes to walk that fine line of trying to be strong for someone, but at the same time to allow your heart to break. And so we sat there and, and did our best to somehow comfort him in this time of, of just uh, deep uh, difficulty for him. And we didn't sleep well that night. We tossed and turned. You know how that goes, don't you, when you're thinking of someone that you love. And the next morning, Kathy and I have a tradition uh, we do live in Hawaii, by the way, you know, uh, that is something that um, God chose me to do. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It was hard for us to move there from California when we did that, but that was just, you know, part of our, our challenge at the time. But we've lived there for 35 years, and every morning we go out, or almost every morning, and we have coffee on the beach, and we have a little time of fellowship together. And that morning, as we walked with heavy hearts uh, to our, the place where we go for coffee, as we walked through uh, onto the beach where we, where we uh, have our coffee, this is what we saw. And for the person on the, uh, the uh, overhead, if you could put that picture up. Amazing 
Amazing. Yeah. Go ahead, go, ah, this is Hawaii. Somebody's got to do it, folks. But that's what we saw. And we walked onto that beach, and it was as though God was shouting at us, son, daughter, I'm a God of promise. I'm a God of the impossible. Lift up your head. Look up. Look to the sky. Look to what I am doing. I'm a God who can comfort every heart. I can do miracles in the midst of devastation. And I, I just realized that morning as I thought about the rainbow and the fact that actually the first place in the Bible where the, the scriptures speak of that rainbow was in a time of great devastation, wasn't it? It was great judgment on the earth because of, of sin and, and the evil hearts of men. God judged the earth, and then after the ark landed on Mount Ararat, God looked, pointed to the sky and said, I'm going to give you a sign that I will never again judge the earth with a flood. Folks, up, look up here for a moment. This beautiful picture, this rainbow, is a picture of the salvation of Jesus our Christ is a picture of the promise of God that says, I will send my son who will bear your judgment for you so that you can look to the sky and say, no matter what comes my way, no matter what failure I have in my life, my God promises the blood of Jesus is more than enough for you and I. No matter the circumstance that we walk through, amen? Oh, isn't that beautiful? I mean, I have never before or since seen a full rainbow across the sky on that beach. And rainbows we see a lot in Hawaii, but that was God speaking to Kathy and I that particular day. About six months ago, Kathy and I were in Korea, and we were ministering there in February, I think it was. And as we were worshiping God, the Holy Spirit prompted me to a verse of scripture in Isaiah chapter 43, and you all know this scripture, and I'm gonna read it for you. If you have um, you know, your iPad, your iPod, your I, whatever it is, your Galaxy, you know, gotta be fair, to, or your Bible, turn to, <laughs> yeah, some of you actually still bring your Bibles. That's an amazing, good thing. Isaiah 43, chapter 18, and I'm gonna read this to you. God brought that verse of scripture to me in Isaiah chapter 43 as I stood there singing in Korean. Remember not the former things, nor consider the old. Say that with me. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Wow. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Shout it with me. Okay, one more time on the count of three. Glad tidings. Let's prophesy those words. Behold, I am doing a new thing. One, two, three. Behold, I am doing a new thing. And I believe that God would send Kathy and I all the way from Hawaii to prophesy this word to you as a church. Behold, look, look up. Look at the promises of God. God is doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? You see, God's spirit within you is going to give you that spiritual perspe perspective to see the brand new day that God is ushering into this fellowship. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me and jackals and the ostriches. For I give, I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. I give drink to my chosen people, 
the people whom I formed for myself, and let's say this together, that they might declare my praise. We believe that God has sent us here to make an investment into the worship in your church. You are a worshiping fellowship. You have a fantastic team. Let's thank God for the worship team. Yes, yes, the band I call them, it's Bob Fitz and the D-101s. Yes, we, we tasted D-101 the other day. We love durian. We've experienced uh, the D-101. I know some of you think it's not that good, but we think it's awesome. So we've named the band. But we believe that God has anointed you as a people to praise God. The sound that comes from this church brings healing to your families, to your businesses, to your children, to you individually, and to the nation of Malaysia. Say amen. Amen. And so as I begin to ponder that, I want to share with you this morning, in the brief time that we have, some things that God, I believe, wants to give to you as markers or, or uh, principles to assist you in this new season. Uh, because I believe this, that God is, that, that the Holy Spirit is settling afresh upon Glad Tidings Church. There's a fresh breath, a wind of the Holy Spirit coming across you in this time of new beginning. And it's going to manifest itself in several different ways. And so if you would, turn to Genesis chapter 1. Let's, if we're going to talk about new beginnings, let's go all the way back to very, the very beginning. And that would be in Genesis chapter 1. And let's read, or let's just quote together the very first scripture of Genesis chapter 1. It says this. Let's say it together. In the beginning, God created. Just say that. In the beginning, God created. I believe this, that a part of this new beginning that God is ushering into this fellowship is going to be a fresh outpouring of new creativity that's going to come upon you. I say that to the band, to the musicians, to the dancers, to the writers, to the pastors and leaders who are responsible for having systems of organization and systems to help uh, 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 train the flock in the things of God. God is going to give you a fresh creativity. Can you say amen to that? It is a part of what happens in new beginnings is that there's a breath of freshness that comes upon you. And I believe there's a lot of you here today that need to hear that. Perhaps there's a place in your heart where you feel like you've been plodding along and you're feeling somewhat, uh, just you're used to going along at this particular pace. God says to you, new beginnings, new creativity. I, I will never forget uh, when, when I was first filled with the Holy Spirit, my father was a Baptist preacher and he... Um, uh, before he became a Christian, he was a musician uh, from Texas. And he used to sing in pubs or bars before he was a believer. And we called them honky-tonk singers in, in Texas. And uh, dad got radically saved and he, and he uh, took his music and offered it to the Lord. And then as a teenager, he gifted to me one of his guitars. And uh, I, you know, he taught me how to play guitar. And, and I remember so distinctly when I was first filled with the Holy Spirit, the first thing that happened to me was I picked up that guitar my dad had given to me and I started writing songs. And the very first song that I ever wrote 
after a fresh wind of God blew across my wife, well, she wasn't my wife at the time, but uh, Kathy and I met in high school, and uh, before I even met her, this breath of God blew across us and, and, uh, in our high school, and I wrote this song, my very first song, and this is how old, this is how long ago it was, I wrote it in King James English. Yeah, I was a good Baptist. So we, we talked in King James, these and thous. And I wrote this song, the title of it was Jesus, I Love Thy Name. And you know, that song started going around through different Bible studies and stuff. And people would say, hey, Bob, come sing that song. I don't sing it anymore because I, I don't speak King, King James English anymore. But, <laughs> but I was so blown away that how without trying... A fresh creativity came on my life. Remember this. You don't work up the gifts of God. It's the breath of God. The newness that God is bringing upon you as a fellowship. That's going to cause that creativity to come out of your life. And it's going to be effortless. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this last night. In, in, in Malaysia, you do not hear durian trees going, Aah! And out comes a durian. If you're under a tree and a durian falls on you, you'll go, ah! But you don't groan out the gifts of God. The Spirit of God breathes across you. It's happening right now, folks. Creativity is stirring in Glad Tidings Church. Say amen. Amen. So relax because God is bringing this forth. So number one, creativity. Number two, and remember, these are just milestones, things to help you through uh, we know that in Genesis chapter 2, well, let's, let's look at it. I'll read it to you. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. This second um, sort of milestone for you with regard to new beginnings is this. God births something from nothing. There's a phrase that theologians use with regard to the creation of the earth. Creatio ex nihilo. In the, in the, in the Latin it means creation out of nothing. You may think you have nothing. But you have the creator dwelling inside of you. You have the creator. And God loves taking nothings like me and making something. Making something beautiful out of us. I tell you... Um, Kathy and I saw this happen in a, actually a very practical way. Um, after I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I met Kathy and, and we got married, I became a youth pastor and a worship leader at a church. And we bought a home, a small little house when we first got married. And it was tiny, but we decided to have Bible studies on Tuesday nights for our youth group. And so God began to breathe across this and, and every Tuesday night more and more young people would come to this meeting. Pretty soon, our living room was so crammed with people. We were setting them on, the, you know, people having them sit on the counters in the kitchen and all the way down the hallway into the bedrooms. It got so full that Kathy and I looked at each other and said, we need a new house. We need a new place. I believe that's going to happen here at Glad Tidings. Amen. 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 
Yeah, last night it was great at the church. They kept bringing, or at the, the uh, little chapel we were in, they kept bringing in chairs and just, just people kept coming in because this is the mark of, of, of creation. It, it, it increases. And so we said we need a new house. And I, one day I was walking from my office that was our, my uh, church that I worked at at the time. It was only a, maybe a mile or two away from our home. So I was walking home one day. I walked past this brand new uh, sort of tract of land that was being developed, uh, brand new homes. And as I walked past it, the Holy Spirit whispered to me and said, I'm going to give you a new home. Now, have you ever done like Abraham, you know, when God said to Sarah, you're going to have a baby, and she, she just laughed. It's like, what? I mean, even Abraham laughed. And said, yeah, right, I'm going to have a baby. Do you know how old I am? You know, that sort of thing. For me, it was, God, do you know what my paycheck is? You know, aren't you glad that God is faithful even when we are faithless? Amen? Aren't you glad it's not about your faith, it's about his faithfulness? Mm. This is good news. Because you can't try and believe, I believe, I believe. It's just sometimes God says, watch me, and you will believe. And so I walked past and I said, it's almost like I said, yeah, whatever. Well, to make a long story short, within about a year or so, we walked into a brand new four-bedroom home that was built from the ground up. I literally watched God create something from nothing. A house that did not exist came into existence from God's Word. I want to, yeah, go ahead, you can clap. Amen. Right now, as we sit here today, God is creating something from nothing in your life. You may not see it. It may be non-existent in your, non-existent in your business, uh, maybe even in your physical body. Some of you have, have organs that are malfunctioning, or you have places of your, your physical body that are, that are... Right now, as we sit in the presence of the Almighty God, God is creating something from nothing. Amen. God is, God is causing cells to grow that are supposed to grow. He's, he's creating healing and songs. I, I keep looking over at the, the D101s and I'm saying, songs. Amen? I'm asking God with you that God will give you songs at Glad Tidings Church that will go around the world. Can you say amen? That's what we want to see for the glory of Jesus. So God is creating something for nothing. Number one, creativity. Number two, something from nothing. Number three, write this down. Separating light from darkness. I, uh, I have this, uh, that particular scripture, it's a beautiful story in creation of how God made the light and the darkness. It is beautiful how light chases away the darkness. But I want to say to you here, many times, as I referred to earlier, there are, there's a darkness about us. We don't see what God is doing. A darkness in the sense of our eyes are not open. Don't you love that song? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Say it with me. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Yeah. I want to see you. Say it again. Open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. 
I want to see you. Beloved, I believe this as part of God's new beginning. God is going to begin to separate the light from darkness. And as it, what I can say to you in that, that God is going to begin to cause you to have these things that were unseen to come to the surface. The things that, the very things that are, you're asking for, that you've been praying for years, and it seems like you cannot see them, God is going to cause it to come to the light. God is going to cause you to begin to see the things that he's doing where you, have been, you haven't seen it before. It's part of a new beginning. Is it coming to the surface? It's like that rainbow. You realize, of course, that light has all of the colors. Light in itself, we see it as white, but it has all the colors of the rainbow in it. It's only in that moment where the water, the rain comes down, the waters from heaven come down, and the light from the sun refracts through that water, you begin to see what is actually in light. I believe you are having some rainbow moments at this church that, and in your lives that God is causing you to have this sudden revelation. That's, that's the word that we use, isn't it? To have a revelation of the hidden things. That God is already doing things, you just don't see them. It's going to begin to be seen in Jesus' name as part of this new beginning. May it be so. I tell you, I, there was a story uh, when I was first learning about tithing and giving. My dad would say to me, son, one of the most important principles in Christianity is understanding giving because God is looking for a way to bless you. You can relax. I'm not getting ready to take an offering, so it's okay. Be at peace. But, God, but my dad said to me, the Bible says, give and it shall be given to you. He said to me, son, never ever be ashamed of claiming the promises of God. The promise says, give and it shall be given to you. And so I was working at McDonald's at the time, and I was at my father's church. He had a guest speaker, and God spoke to me and said, give your entire paycheck to the speaker. I'd never done that before. I gave it, and in my heart I had this expectation of God, blow me away. Show me how that scripture is going to come to pass. And I looked and I, and it just, I couldn't see it. I kept, I kept looking in a certain direction. Have you ever done that? God, I'm sowing the seed and I'm waiting to see. But it never shows up. You don't see it. You know that place, don't you? I tell you what. I had an aha moment. One day I said to my dad, we were in prayer together, and I, and I said, Dad, I, I don't understand. You know, I, I, I gave generously to this guy because I wanted to. I wanted to bless him, but I also anticipated that God was going to, you know, kind of just show me this truth. And he looked at me with a shocked look, and he said, Bob, you, didn't someone just give you a new car? I had totally forgotten that a good friend of mine had gifted me a new car just a couple of weeks before. I, I didn't associate it. It was like my eyes were blinded to, sometimes when we expect things, we expect them in a certain way. And God says, no, I'm going to bring it to the light, but in a way that will surprise you. Say it to each other. God is going to surprise you. God is going to open your eyes and cause you to go, oh, Whoa, God, it's going to be an aha moment. This is part of new beginnings. You start seeing the aha moment in your life. Amen? God exposing the light in the midst of darkness and the difficult situations in your life. Amen? So be it, Lord Jesus. 
Number four is this. Now, this is, a, this is a challenging aspect of new beginnings. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 28 that one of the ways of God is that it's called line upon line, precept upon precept. Creation was like this, wasn't it? First day, second day, third day. Evening and morning was first. Evening and morning was second. It, was, it took a period of time, didn't it? And God wants to say this to all of you. This is the ways of God. Progressive change in your life. Remember this. You have all of eternity. You're going to live forever, church. You are. Now, that may not encourage some of you. <laughs> Bob, are you saying it's going to take eternity? No, I'm just saying this, that the way how God does things often is it takes a period of time where God, God begins to reveal himself to you over a period of time. And so precept upon precept, God's doing that in your life. That's just why it's important to be in the fellowship, folks. Because I believe this, that in, when you come to church on Sundays and when you come to the different family meetings that you have, God, God is uh, opening your eyes and allowing you to see that progressive, progressive new beginning that's in your life. Mm. You are getting younger, church. And all the over 40s said, <laughs> age is not an issue to the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Do you know the Apostle John lived till he was 92 or 3 years old, and he was a worshiper. He loved God. He was the lover. John the Beloved. It was a key to his longevity, I believe. Amen? Amen, church. So number four, progressive change. Amen. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Number five, in Genesis 1, 11, and 28, God revealed something about his creation that he wants to remind you of here today. And that is, God created in the plants, he said, these trees and these animals are going to be made in such a way that they will multiply. They will increase. Put the seed in the ground and it will increase. God, God gave that same command to, uh, to, uh, to mankind, to Adam and, Eve, Adam and Eve. He said, be fruitful and multiply. And seeing as how you haven't had any children in the last nine years, you need to get hold of that word in Jesus' name. <laughs> you guys are looking kind of frightened right now. No, it's part of New beginnings. Kathy and I are so excited. Next month, our own, we have four children. We only have one daughter. And our daughter, who turned 30 years old yesterday, is going to have our first granddaughter. Oh! Yay! And she's going to be Italian-American. My daughter married an Italian-American guy, and her name is... is I'm sorry, I'm doing this, aren't I? This is uh, a granddad speaking. Luna Rosemary. Yeah, that's the response we like. <laughs> Quattrochi. That means four eyes in Italian, but never mind. Okay. Multiply. This is part of new beginnings. It's part of fresh breath that comes across the church. As you, you begin to increase, I'm not just talking about having children. I'm talking about how that, as, as a worship leader, you know how we multiply? Make CDs. 
do recordings. You know how we multiply? We write books. I don't know, Pastor Vincent, have you written a book? In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen? You see, see, people often think for musicians that when we do this, when we do CDs or write songs, we're doing it to make a name for ourselves and become famous. No, no, no. We do this because God says, be fruitful, multiply, take your little song, put it on a recording, and send it all over the world, and watch me multiply. Folks, I, have, I did a recording uh, with Miranatha Music uh, a number of years ago, and it was pretty amazing because that, that um, uh, it was a cassette. Do you remember cassettes? Is that something you remember? Okay, yeah, new beginnings, hallelujah. So, so that cassette went all over the world, and particularly to Africa. Are there any Nigerians in the house today? Any Africans in the house? Hallelujah. Well, that CD went over to, uh, that cassette went to Africa and was illegally copied millions of times and went all over Africa. And I, every time I go to Africa, it's an amazing thing because they all go, Bob, God used your music to change. I had one guy come to me, he said, I came to Jesus. I was walking through the jungle one day and I heard this angelic music from a church. And I went in and they were playing that CD, cassette. And they were playing it and he said, it so wooed me to the kingdom, I gave my life to Jesus. Multiplication. <laughs> Multiplication, folks. This is part of a new beginning. God is going to multiply you. I know that part of the vision that uh, the worship team has is in doing some recordings. Amen. And for some of you, uh, video recordings of dance teams, dance troops, whatever it is that God is going to birth in you, multiply it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Real quickly, for time's sake. Number six. The command in Genesis 128 was take dominion. Here's, here's something that I, I want to speak to every person in this room. And obviously everything that I'm saying is for every one of you. But I, I want to somehow be able to look each one of you in the eye. God says to you, be fruitful, multiply, and take dominion. What, what that means is God has anointed you to have the skill of leadership, I believe. God has appointed you to be leaders, he has given you favor to be leaders. Now, I'm not saying to you you're going to be the next pastor. I'm not saying to you you're going to be the next worship leader. What I'm saying to you that there's a favor upon your life that in unique places, whether it's in your job, in your community, uh, maybe men of God, God is saying, take a fresh new look at your leadership as a husband. As a, as a wife, maybe God is saying to you, take fresh, fresh understanding of your leadership as a mother. You are anointed, church, and a part of the fresh breath of this revival God is bringing to you is reminding you, you are leaders. You have that anointing from the Holy Spirit. Again, I know you don't like it when we say this, but prophesy to each other, to your neighbors. You have the anointing of leadership in your life. Say it to one another. It is true. Now, you, you may not think that. You may not think that. But I want to tell you, one of, one of the things that happened to me, uh, when Kathy and I felt that God was leading us to, um, to, into missions, I, I was involved in, in um, 
you know, I was writing songs in California as a youth pastor and some publishing, Christian publishers had expressed interest. Right about that same time that they were expressing interest, the Holy Spirit said, look up. I want you to go into missions. I want, to t- I want you to take my healing to the nations. And we became really touched by a ministry in Hawaii called Youth with a Mission. And we left California to go, to, to go serve in missions in Hawaii. And it was a hard time because we were sort of laying down the gifting that God had given to us. That whole area of multiplication sometimes involves planting a seed in the ground. And so it was difficult for us, but we went to Hawaii. And another uh, time there in Hawaii, I was getting ready to present some songs that I had. And because of the time limitations, we had to, uh, I had to give it up. And I remember on that very stage uh, that night saying, God, there's not enough time here for, for me to be able to do this. I, I, I'm going to lay this down. I'm going to lay down this, this, this gifting you've given to me. And so uh, it was a few years later that on that very stage that I was called up to be the worship coordinator for the University of the Nations in, in Hawaii, in Kona, Hawaii. And as I stood on that stage, a few years after, I had sort of laid down my, my gifting in music just to say, God, I, I, you know, I don't have time to do it tonight. I'll do it another time. God said to me, son, I've anointed you. I've given you leadership skill. On that very stage, I stood there, and the Holy Spirit whispered to me, see, Bob, I've anointed you to lead. And I became the overall coordinator, uh, leader of of worship there in University of the Nations Hawaii. We started a school of worship that now goes around the world. We still have, I forget how many, I think it's about between 20 and 40 schools of worship around the world from University of the Nations where we're multiplying worship leaders. Whoa! Got tidings? Let's cover the earth with worship leaders. Let's cover the earth with pastors and teachers and leaders who will train the church. Amen. Amen. Two more. we just got a few minutes left. You doing okay? I'm going to ask the, the D101s to come on up here. Think good. Or the, the praise band. I love this about my God. What did he say when it was all done? What? Say it with me. It is is good. It is good. Glad tidings. One of the things that God says to you today, one of the markers for this new beginning, is to find the ability to say those words. It is good. It is good. I can see the good things. Anyone can see bad things. It doesn't take skill to see problems. Pastors will tell you this. It doesn't take skill to see leadership issues and problems with people. It takes leadership to say, I see the good in this situation. I see the way ahead. And I want to say to all of you, as God said when he created, as God is creating a new beginning in this church, he's anointing you as a people to be worshipers that say, it is good. This is a good day. God is doing a good thing. I believe this. God is giving you that capability. Jehoshaphat, amazing. In his battles, God said, go forth with the worshipers and say, for he is good, his mercy endures forever. And uh, that's what we want to say, amen. For he is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen.
Amen, beloved. Last one. Let's all stand together. Sorry, I'm rushing just a little bit, but I know you have classes coming up. I don't want you to be late. Final thing. We sang it this morning. What was the very last thing God did? Creation. The very last thing. He rested. And God rested. Here it is, Sunday. It's Sunday, church. A day of rest. And God is speaking to you that a part of this new beginning in your church is going to be an amazing peace, an amazing ability to relax. I believe you say it this way in, um, here in Malaysia. You say, we lack. We lack one corner, everybody. <laughs> okay? This is God's anointing upon you. To rest. Amen. And one of the most important lessons that every worship leader, every pastor, every mother, every father, every Christian needs to learn is from our Father in heaven. What did he do in a time of creation? In a new beginning, what did he do? He relaxed. He said, I rest. So every one of you here, as you start this new day, in Jesus' name, rest. Jesus said these words. What did he say? On Friday, it is finished. Say it with me. It is finished.